1: Welcome everyone to episode fifty of the Writers Block podcast. I'm your host Brandon Lorian. Of course, alongside me, I have David Halman, Brandon Clements, and Chris Holling. Who you could follow all of us on Twitter at at Brandon is right. That is W R I T E at underscore D H four four underscore at Icebreaker twenty one and at Chris Holling underscore. Unfortunately, this really didn't work out timing-wise because it would have been great to have this be episode 53 for our 53-man roster breakdown. Maybe we'll kind of like fudge the numbers a little bit and call it 53. Uh, but, of course, we mentioned this last week. We want to do a projection of the 53-man roster after the Cowboys' second preseason game where they lost to the Seahawks, 22-14. Just a little housekeeping before we get into the 53-man roster. You know, as we get closer to the season, I think everybody, you know, we this is sort of like the uh, the mandatory uh, you know PSA for the podcast. If you guys want to go leave a five-star review on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, leave a review. I think it would be awesome to get that started before the season. Of course, tune into all the podcasts On the network and also to be on the lookout for our Twitter spaces that we do uh, throughout the season. We just did it this past weekend, pregame and postgame, where you'll get to hear a lot of these names and faces from the blog and the boys podcast network and the writers that write all the great articles online. So join the conversation. Leave us some questions, comments uh, when the Twitter space actually happens. But be on the lookout for that throughout the season. So with that said, we're going to get started with our 53 man roster. We're going to try and get this in. Under 53 minutes, I think it is possible we can get this done because I think a lot of the position groups, most of them will be pretty ironed out. Again, things can change by this time next week when we kind of take a look at things. But, of course, a lot of positions were kind of thrown for a loop. DeMar and overshone and John Stevens Jr., both suffering torn ACL injuries that are going to take them out for the 2023 season. We wish those guys nothing but the best on the road to recovery. But I think where we should start is, of course, always with the quarterback position. The Cowboys last year, they did carry one quarterback in the initial 53. For the sake of this exercise, we're going to do it as if the Cowboys have their roster set for week one right before the Giants. So with that being said, David Halman, I will turn to you first. I don't know why I said your name in that weird way, but Cooper Rush—is he solidified through and through as the quarterback too for this team?
2: Well, that's a good question, Brand and uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I think I think at this point, Cooper Rush has done everything that he needed to. Um, I think just going into you know where he was, having been as, as reliable a starter as he was last year when he had to step up it was always going to be hard to beat him. And then in preseason and in camp, he hasn't done anything that really hurt himself. And Will Greer hasn't played like out of his mind. He's been solid, but he hasn't been amazing. Uh, I, I really think Cooper Rush is in a good spot here. <laughs>
3: I think that Cooper Rush would have solidified his position, even if he hadn't played in the preseason, just based off how well he played last season. I mean, I mean, going four and one when Dak went down, I think that solidified himself as one of the better game managing backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think even if he hadn't done anything in preseason and and, uh, Will Greer had really showed out, I don't really think it would have mattered. I think Cooper Rush um, definitely solidified that QB two spot.
4: Yeah, I'll say this. Cooper Rush. I mean, he just signed a nice contract with the Cowboys to to come back. So I I follow the money in that sense. He he got a decent chunk of change as a backup quarterback. And also, thank you to the uh, the the Niners because of that Philadelphia Eagles playoff game. The the uh, the NFL changed the rules on the on the third third quarterback situation. So you know, so in that case, Will Greer is going to be you know he can he'll be on he'll be there ready to go if both quarterbacks were to get injured. And it doesn't count against the 53. So, in a sense, you're, you're going to have the third the third quarterback in a sense. But at this point, for this exercise, it's, it's definitely Cooper Rush's job. He he could have pretty much, like, not really played very much, which, you know, I, I expected Will Greer to play a little bit more. And I honestly expect him to play a little bit better than he has. But at the end of the day, it was Cooper Rush's job to lose, and he hasn't done anything, in my opinion, that, that would cause him to lose that job. So it's definitely Dak's obviously our franchise quarterback, and, and we have a very solid and capable uh backup quarterback in Cooper Rush.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with everybody. Um, I think Cooper Rush has been one of the most underrated uh offseason re-signings for the Cowboys this year. I think when you go back last year, you know, he went four and one when Dak got injured. I thought he improved uh as he got better. Um, kind of more comfortable in the offense. I, I do think that the Eagles game was always going to be tough for him. I mean, they ended up being the NFC champions, you know, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I think that they were always going to be a good team. It was always going to be a tough matchup, especially in Philadelphia. So I really don't knock that against him. And I see comments, you know, I mentioned this in the Twitter space. You know, I see online people are saying, oh, Cooper Rush – isn't the backup, the guy needed for Dallas. I mean, I, I think that that's honestly just a bad take in my opinion. I think he's done everything needed to – actually advance uh, his performance from last year. I thought he made a, a lot of great throws, especially the back shoulder throw uh, to Jalen Tolbert, um, the big deep pass on the sideline. I thought that was really good. You know, the swing pass, even the little things, the swing pass to Rico Dattle that went for the touchdown. I think stuff like that, you want to see it. He made a couple good throws on third and fourth down. So he solidified that to me. <laughs> Uh, let's just knock out the specialists right away. I think, you know, Brian Anger, Trent Sieg, who is a David Halman clone. Uh, I'd like to think that David Hallman, uh is actually the Cowboys long snapper, and he just hasn't said anything. So that's here nor there. Uh, but I do think everything is trending in the direction where Brandon Aubrey is the Cowboys kicker heading into week one. Uh, they have. Uh, Mike McCarthy even talked about today he's liked everything he's seen from Brandon Aubrey of course you know he was really good uh, in the game on Saturday with regards to touchbacks he didn't get an opportunity to kick any field goals and I was a little disappointed with that but he did go two for two on extra points so that there's something to be said about that where it's just the automatic kicks like he's making them at least right now so I think he's at a better stretch in training camp and there's always going to be, you know, even Rodrigo Blankenship was uh, you know, cut today. So there's going to be kickers out there if for whatever reason during the year, I mean, we know what happened with Kai Forbath uh years ago. So for the for the Cowboys, um so it's like you have a lot of these guys that are going to be out there throughout the year. If they need to sign buddy, sign somebody, they'll be out there. I think that's kind of the three, does anybody disagree? No.
4: <laughs> that's pretty okay. solid.
2: I'll I'll just say, as the long snapper for the Cowboys, um, <laughs> I, I think you're spot on there. Brian Anger's great. Brandon Aubrey, I think he's he's he had a really good comeback after missing those couple of, missing that extra point in the preseason, having some up and down practices. And sounds like the coaching staff loves him. The, Mike McCarthy, before the preseason game, mentioned he's very consistent in his approach, and that's a really important thing, especially for such a young guy. So I think they like what they see with him.
3: I don't disagree with you guys when it comes to the Brandon Aubrey prediction I think he will be on the roster heading into week one. However, I hope that we're wrong I really want Robbie gold here in Dallas and I really believe that that's the kind of guy who we need on this team on a win Now situation we need a reliable um We need someone who's reliable at that kicker position and it doesn't get more reliable than never missing a field goal in the playoffs and 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 uh, that's when we need that uh, production so I'm so like I agree that Brandon Aubrey is going to be the kicker week one, but I'm hoping that we're wrong, and I'm hoping that Robbie Gold managed Brandon to a- Brandon it. Aubrey to be man. He he split the sticks on both those kicks. Like those were no doubters. I know
4: it's a small sample size. I get Robbie Gold's had you know obviously he's had a hell of a career. I think we all know that. But I, I'm you know I got to stick with my my fellow B. So B three. You know we'll call him B three for the <laughs> purposes of this show. I, I I'm liking what I'm seeing. I know you know it hasn't been perfect, but. I like the fact that the coaching staff seems to seems to have his back and seems to like him. So, if you know, and Bones Fossil obviously likes him, so I'm 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 happy with it. But at the same time, I mean, if 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 Robbie Gold's knocking on the door, you know, and that happens, I'm not saying no. But at this point, let's give it to B3 uh, Brandon Aubrey and let him uh, kick some field goals this year for us.
1: And I think that uh, we could just agree that the Cowboys will have a kicker, right? It, regardless yeah. if it's Robbie Gould or Brandon Aubrey, I did know uh, that with Robbie Gould specifically, he doesn't want to kick long field goals. It seems like any more over 50 yards. He doesn't want to do kickoffs. I think for the Cowboys, they want somebody who has a strong leg. That's sort of the emphasis that they keep mentioning about Aubrey. And they're, they keep saying, Oh, you see the strength of his leg. You see the strength of his leg. I think they, want to just make sure it's a sure guy when it comes to touchbacks and that they don't have to carry two kickers, stuff like that. So we'll just leave it at the three subject to change, but I think that's pretty solid and where it's at. I think the next position that will be of ease, I think the running back position Got solidified on uh, Saturday with where everything stands. The Cowboys carried three running backs last year. Me, personally, I don't think that changes. I think, unfortunately, with Hunter Lipke, he's kind of just fallen off since OTAs and minicamp. Hasn't really done much to warrant a roster spot with the fullback position. I think Sean McCune has that kind of lockdown. Um, but I think that when it comes to Rico Dowell or Malik Davis, I know we've talked about Malik Davis being a guy that we had high hopes for hasn't seemed to turn out that way i think rico when he's healthy is clearly the better guy a little more experience and of course he provides a little bit more on special teams the block you know or the missed assignment that led to the block punt not always the best thing in the world but i think if it was a toss-up of a coin right now i would say rico dado has the position and then of course deuce Vaughn is just we don't have to say anything about him he's he's on this team he's a lock no matter what
3: i agree 100 percent with that and honestly you know my bold prediction in last week's game was that uh Deuce Vaughn was gonna have a what was it 53 yard touchdown it was something over 50 yards that was my bold prediction that didn't come to fruition but that spin that he had on that Seahawks defender made up for it that was a 10 out of 10 play in my book anyway so you know, I'm excited to see more of Vaughn. I want to see more reps. I want to see more touches. You know, I feel like the sample size that we've gotten hasn't been enough. Like, I want to see more, but I have seen enough to know that he should make this roster for sure. That's a lock. And I agree with you, Brandon. I think Rico dottle has solidified himself over. Um, I think he solidified himself over Malik Davis, and and I think that that'll be the three heading into Week One.
4: Oh, I'm I'm in the minority on this one. I I, I got four running backs on mine. Wow. I, I just yeah I I know it's I'm, I'm gonna I'm bucking the trend here I just to me I, I obviously powered and deuce they're obviously going to be on the team Rico you know Rico Donald he he's he's you know he's changed my mind on him I've you know but you know on our you know I think our you know one of our earlier episodes I was I was thinking that ah, he's kind of an afterthought and and I'm okay with eating my words because his play has been fantastic and and he's shown a lot of a lot of explosiveness you know he takes you know he he, he just he hits the hole very hard he scored some touchdowns I mean he's He's been playing some good football, so obviously I think it's 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 Pollard, Deuce, you know, and and Dotto are definitely the three locks. But I just, for me, I I I gotta have Malik Davis on the team. I just I, I think he, you know, I know he hasn't had like the Jacksonville game was kind of forgettable, but he also played against the ones for Jacksonville. But I, Malik has shown enough to me that I think you can keep him. I think he's because I I'm one of those people, and yes, I'll probably get flack for this, but I do worry that Malik Davis. If if he's not on the roster, someone's going to get him. I know uh, that, I said that last year, and things kind of you know worked out you know worked worked out in our favor with with some guys. But I just think Malik Davis is is one of those guys that I, I think I believe in him, and he's one of those guys that you have to remember that Tony Pollard he's on a one year deal essentially with the franchise tag. So I would like to have an I like to have three behind Pollard just just you know just in case uh, you know Pollard's not back for another year after this. You know and we already have our three running backs, and we're ready to roll.
2: Well, Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and challenge you right now on the to not making it to the practice squad because like last year, Malik Davis was one of those guys. Like we all loved him in preseason. We were like, we got to keep Malik Davis. There's no way he's going to clear waivers, and then he did exactly that. And he started out on the practice squad, and now he's having an even worse preseason than he did last year. I mean, last year he was genuinely impressive and made a really good case. And this year, I'm not saying he's been terrible, but he's had ups and downs, and that's why we're talking about Rico is very much in the lead for, for that final spot over Malik Davis. So I think, I mean, you, you never really know with those kinds of things. It could just be someone looks back at his tape from last year and says, oh yeah, he like he's better than what he showed this preseason. But just as far as like what he's shown this year was not as good as when he got on the practice squad a year ago. So I think I think that's more so sort of the question they have to ask is between Rico Dow and Malik Davis, who has put up good enough tape to get claimed on waivers this year. And it's definitely Rico Dowdle. And Mike McCarthy's already talked about how, you know, he loves Rico Dowdle. The staff is so excited. That he's healthy and he's back. And with the performance that he's had in two straight preseason games, I think uh, unless they're going to go deep at running back, which it doesn't seem like they would be doing that. Um, I, I think Rico's running back three and the last running back.
4: Yeah. Rico, Rico, for sure. he, he's shown plenty of juice on tape or he definitely would be claimed. I think for me and you 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 kind of took part of my point there where I think I think there's a team out there. I just it's just a gut feeling that someone liked his tape enough last year when he when he had a good late season run where, you know, someone's going to be like, "All right, well, maybe the preseason hasn't been perfect, but you know, he he's shown enough, you know, and you know in, in live reps and in good, in, in quality you know, quality moments where he stepped up, and I, I think I think there's there's always a chance. I mean, even today, I believe uh, I believe the Buffalo Bills added a, a running back that I think it was Johnson. Uh, he was the former New York Jet uh, th- this afternoon, and I mean, I would say he I would say Malik Davis is better than 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 that player in particular. So for me, it's like Malik Davis is one of those guys. He's he's still he's very young. He obviously he's pretty much. You know, he's, he's got very much, he's got a lot of tread on the tire still. So for me, I, I like, I like him and I like, I like what he did last year. That was my, that was my biggest thing. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, looking at his stat line. I mean, he put up some, he, he looked good in the, in the, you know, at the, you know, especially, you know, the postseason and not so much, but you know, it was one of those things where he in the regular season last year, he just, he, he popped enough for me where there's team there's there is a team out there. I feel like that would take them and it, and it would probably be probably be like the Houston Texans for all I know, because apparently the Houston Texans love the Dallas Cowboy players. I mean, look at all the players they took. He took from us the, the last year or so. I just, you know, Malik Davis to me is a guy that I just I get that his tape hasn't been that great this year in preseason but I, I do think he's got enough there and he can do multiple multiple things he can do special teams. that's the reason why I keep him on the team is, is right now it's for special teams purposes. I can see him you know working in that area and that's that's how you get on the team as as a back end of the roster guy. I think he has enough enough to his game to be the fourth running back, but also, be featured on special teams more often.
1: I think for the sake of the exercise, we'll keep him on right now. We'll we'll keep him as a guy that's the fourth running back. And then when it comes to cutting it down, if we're over 53... We can subtract, add, do whatever. We'll do a little roster manipulation. Uh, But I do think, you know, when it comes to Ronald Jones, that's a name that we mentioned last week. I think it's also worth mentioning that Mike McCarthy mentioned today in his press conference that he would be hard-pressed to go this weekend. So it looks like Ronald Jones won't even get any preseason action. They, of course, can put him on the uh, reserved suspended list to start the season where he wouldn't be Uh, counting towards a 53-man roster for for the first two weeks. But again, that might just be somebody that they just want to outright release if they don't see anything from him. But I know he's gotten uh, some pop and could carry over into the regular season after week two uh, and then move some things around. So with that being said, we'll move forward. We'll have Malik on right now. Um, I have a take about when we get to another position group kind of battling with Malik, but let's go to wide receiver. I think that right now on our initial 53, the Cowboys carried eight wide receivers last year. I have three locks right now with CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. I honestly, I want to add Jalen Tolbert on there because I think we've seen a lot from him, not only in the preseason, but just the entire offseason. People were talking about him not being a lock heading, heading into the year. I never thought that was the case, but if he absolutely bombed and really didn't perform well, things could have been in question, but I think that that's just now doesn't even matter. I think he performed really well, not only with Seattle, but this entire off season. And then me personally, I do want to throw Cavante Turpin on there as well. We can talk about it and where he's at, but I think that he had a lot of good plays against the Seahawks, big third down catch over the middle uh, where he was able to kind of leap in a contested catch position. Um, I think he's still really good as a punt and kick returner. I just think that where the wide receiver room is at, he's just a dynamic weapon. He's been getting a lot of pop, uh, in training camp, with at the running back spot, using them all over the field. So I think Kavonsey Turpin is another lock, which gets us to five, uh, or f- yeah, five rather. So does anybody disagree with Tolbert or Turpin? And if they want to throw somebody else in there for right now,
4: no, no, I'm totally on board with those those guys so far.
3: I don't disagree at all either. I definitely think that Jalen Tolbert kind of solidified himself on this roster with this preseason performance. I don't think that he. I honestly don't think it was in question heading into this preseason. I think that you don't give up on a guy that early after just his rookie season. But, you know, still, I think he's proven so far. I think he's honestly been right there with Duswan as one of the most impressive parts of preseason so far. So so I'm really happy to see his development, and hopefully we see that transition during the regular season.
2: Yeah, I think Tolbert, both Tolbert and Turpin, seemed like locks to me. Never thought that they were seriously going to give up on Jalen Tolbert, but then the way he showed up, Just erased all doubt. And then Turpin, they love him on special teams, obviously. And then he's shown that he really genuinely has some juice as a receiver, too. He can go up and he can, for being such a small guy, he can really use his body to either leap up there or, you know, he's had a few in in practice where he kind of drops to the ground to catch those lower passes. I I think it's just all clicking
4: for him. So, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Turpin, or uh, Tolbert for me, that was like, like you guys have been saying, it would have taken a, a, an absolute disastrous preseason and, and, and training camp for him to not make the team. So, like, he, I didn't think he was a, a complete lock, but it was kind of like, if he's a guy that you expect to be on the roster, yeah, I, I would say that. So I'm not surprised that he's going to make the roster. I just it'd be it'd be an absolute shock at this point. He's made some spectacular catches, even some that didn't count in in preseason. So he's the kids. The kid's been balling. He had one one drop that wasn't great against the Seahawks this past week, where he he kind of Noah browned it. But it was you know overall he you know he he's playing well. He's making spectacular catches. And even even that even that incomplete pass where he didn't get his hands completely under the ball against the Seahawks, where it was like if he would have had his hands underneath, you could see like I was listening to the commentators, like he was saying, Yeah, I should have I should have locked my pinkies in more. Like he knew what he did wrong. So like obviously he the game's starting to slow down for him. And Tolbert to me is just one of those guys where it, it, you know, I was hard on him last year. Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't a great thing. I was like, all right, maybe it's time to move on. But I'm glad I'm glad he's progressed this year, this offseason and in the preseason, because I think the Cowboys had themselves a guy that and I'm just gonna you guys can call me crazy on this one, but he could be a guy later on in the season that maybe Mike makes Michael Gallup a little more expendable than we thought.
1: Yeah, I I think it's certainly an argument where he could be pushing for more third wide receiver reps. But I think right now as it stands, uh, I think he's locked in as the fourth. If we want to throw Turpin in there as sort of a gadget fifth wide receiver. I think the conversation now gets interesting, of course, with regards to Jalen Brooks, Semifahoko. Chris's guy, of course, and then Fahoko being Howman's guy, and somebody that you know we got to talk to on this podcast earlier in the year. Let's save those two guys again. You know, when it gets to maybe a special teams depth position, we know the Cowboys carried eight last year. That was to move James Washington over to IR, so they did have seven with Dennis Houston and also uh, Simi Fahoko making the roster. So we'll see. Maybe that happens this year. But I think when we get to now the tight end position. I think with the John Stevens junior injury, it's unfortunate, but I think that also has made things a lot easier. Uh, I do think that they carry four tight ends. Last year, they only had, uh, I believe, three with Dalton Schultz, um, Jake Ferguson, and Peyton Hendershot. But I think they want to carry the fourth with Sean McEwen to be that sort of H-back, fullback guy. I thought he had a lot of good blocking, um, you know, pass sets, run blocking uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, on saturday so i think he's shown a lot not only as a tight end but also as a blocker to just be that blake bell kind of belldozer type guy so to me i think schoonmaker ferguson hendershot and McEwen are on the team if we anybody wants to talk about howman i'll throw to you first do you think McEwen or hendershot it's up to maybe one of those guys either or Or do you think both of them are just you know going to be here
2: i think they'll pro- both probably be there um we could potentially see one of those guys being like one of those kind of roster manipulation things where they initially cut him and then they end up bringing them back in time before they actually kick off with the game. Um, but I think, I mean, for the most part, Mike McCarthy, since he's been the head coach, they've kept four tight ends for majority of the time um, and they like to go heavy at that spot. And especially with the changes that they're making to this offense where those tight ends are used a little bit more in blocking. I think they're definitely keeping four. Um, Hendershot and McEwen I mean they both have they both have the experience they both have you know put in the work this offseason and I think John Stevens Jr. was starting to make it real interesting but unfortunately with his injury uh, of course we hope that he has a complete and full recovery and can pick up where he left off but um, that makes the math kind of easy with this position
3: I agree 100% with you uh, David I think that's this is where we see them carry four tight ends and that's where I think Malik Davis isn't carried on the roster I think that they go with the three running backs and the four tight end look um, I think that if John Stevens jr. Hadn't gotten hurt He would really be making an argument to either be that tight end four or even maybe the tight end three And you kind of see either Hendershot or Sean McEwen or both of them gone, but But you know, unfortunately injuries happen and I think it makes it a lot easier now I think Hendershot stays and I think McEwen stays and I think it just makes the most sense to keep those four And it gives you kind of some flexibility with the fullback position which non And I think that Malik Davis doesn't end up on the roster
4: Man, the, the JSJ <laughs> hype train, man. That's where I was. You guys saw it for like the last couple of weeks. I was, you know, sliding people's messages on the on their on their tweets or whatever they call it now on on X. So like that was my hype train guy, you know. I thought he was a lock at, you know, until obviously the unfortunate injury where it's going to, you know, it's essentially, you know, his season's done obviously. So we wish him obviously the best, but for me, you know, who, who needs to be thinking their lucky stars is two guys in particular. I think, I think Peyton Hendershot, and I think Sean McEwen should be thinking they're lucky stars because I'll tell you this right now, one of those guys would not be on the roster in 2023. If, if JSJ did not uh, get injured, that's, that's just, that's, that's my, that's, that would have been my prediction, but you know, where we are obviously with the injury, the one thing that ha- comes out of these injuries is maybe a guy like Hendershot or McEwen plays so well in 2023, where they're almost to a point where they're they're almost a lock for 2024. You know, going a little, a little bit in the, uh, ahead of the game. But I think McEwen's right now is probably the best blocking tight end slash. You know, H back slash fullback type player on the roster. He looks great in pass protection. He looks natural at it. And to me, he kind of reminds me, kind of uh, you know, of a full like a traditional fullback where he can go out of the backfield and he can you know he can make you know make some plays, get a few you know three four yards you know five yard receptions and do his thing there. But he does the dirty work where you know he can he can block for for his running back and he can protect you know obviously Dak Prescott when the regular season starts. So I think I think McEwen you know McEwen is one of those guys where. I think he benefits the most. I felt like if it was going to come down to anybody, I felt like it was going to be McEwen or, or JSJ just because of that. But i uh, This is McEwen's shot to to show show everybody that you know he deserves to be on this team going forward. So I, I'm I'm happy with these four guys. I, you know, I know a lot of people would have liked to seen a tight end drafted in uh, round one this past year, David Hallman. <clears throat> but I like where we're at. I really enjoy, you know, all all these players. I think, you know, I think Schoonmaker is going to prove some player people wrong. And obviously, Ferg's my guy, tight end one. And then Hendershot, I think, still going to get better. And then we got McEwen. So I'm, I'm very I'm happy
1: with the four guys. And somebody asked Patrick Nosey Walker on Twitter today, they asked, you know, with John Stevens most likely out of the mix for 2023, do you think that this will push Schoonmaker a bit more now? And he said that they're actually trying to push Schoonmaker, uh, they're not going to try and push him any more than they already have, because of course he's dealing with the recovery with the plantar fasciitis, but he said it'll actually make them push Hendershot probably a little bit more. I think we can all agree Hendershot's season last year looked really promising. This preseason has really been tough for him. I hope that something like this can kind of make him feel a little bit more relaxed mentally. Maybe he was worried about his job security and that was kind of affecting how his play uh, went. I mean, we saw mental you know, laps with regards to Jalen Tolbert affect him in his season last year. I think it's a real thing where if you get inside your own head, it can affect your confidence and play on the field. So if he can kind of feel a little bit more relaxed, makes the 53 – kind of feels a little bit better about his job security. Maybe that helps him in his production uh, this year. So I think that's set in stone. Moving on to the offensive line, we had talked about this last week, so I think there's going to be a little bit more deliberation at the back end. Uh, But the Cowboys carried nine offensive linemen. I believe we had 10 or 11 uh, because we had a few guys we wanted to talk about. But, of course, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Biotish, Martin, Steele, those are your starting five. Uh, Matt Willetsko, even though he really struggled against Boye Mafé, I mean, man, if you are a fan of him, and the, and the Seahawks and all that stuff. I mean, he looked great against Willetsko. Uh, Of course, Go is now dealing with a shoulder subluxation, which is never a good thing. It's on the opposite shoulder of what he had surgically repaired. You wonder if this is going to be an ongoing issue based off of maybe his size, his build, something that they need to address moving forward. If they can't get it done with rehab, maybe he goes to IR. But then you also have Farniak, you have Awesome Richards, Brock Hoffman we had on here last week, Josh Ball, and TJ Bass. So, Brandon, I'll throw it to you. First, because I do want to talk about Josh Ball. I think that he had a actually a pretty solid game uh, against the Seahawks on Saturday. I think he performed better than a lot of people were expecting. And I think for us, when we talked about him last week, it's easy to forget that this is his first year playing guard with the Cowboys, transitioning from the outside to the inside. So I've seen steady growth from him from game one to game two. Now, if he can tie it all together in game three, I think he's somebody that the coaching staff trusts they like mike mccarthy has mentioned his name numerous times i think he has a pretty good shot to be this sort of swing tackle guard guy heading into the year and i think that if he performs really well against las vegas on saturday i think that kind of solidifies his spot too
4: yeah i i gotta you know i'm gonna eat a little bit of crow on uh, on josh ball uh, i I'm, <laughs> That's I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 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 man enough to admit that i was uh i was a little heavy on on josh ball's play recently but the, the, the facts are he's had a heck of a preseason, you know, the coaches staff, like you mentioned, they, 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 they have faith in him. They, they think he's, they think he's got something there and that's why they drafted him when they did in the fourth round just a couple years ago. So for me, I, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit even further on the limb and say, Josh, Josh balls a lock for the roster right now. I, I think, I think for me, he's. I think he's that swing guard. I think that's where he is. I think if there's an injury to the guard position, I think he's going to be the guy that's actually going to take take that that spot over. So I think he's in that I think he's like the third I'd say he's the third uh, guard in that rotation. So god, you know god forbid anybody goes down, you know Martin or Smith, you know inside, I think he can do it. And and what I've noticed with Josh Ball that, you know, I really I really sat down especially in that Seattle game just watched you know, I wanted to watch more ball because I wanted to. You know, I I gave him a lot of flack. I've been, you know, I've been, you know, I haven't been exactly high on him in the last, you know, few episodes. But I wanted to sit there and I wanted to look at the film. And honestly, he, you know, I really zoomed in on him, and and I'm like, you know what, like. Yeah, he's he was a turnstile at guard because I don't think he's athletic enough to be a guard or, or a, a tackle. I think he was a turnstile tackle, but be, you know, so he because he I don't think he was good at having you know uh, an empty space on his outside shoulder no matter what side he was on. But he has enough. He's got enough size. He hasn't. He has enough athletic ability where he can be inside and have his his outside shoulders or his shoulders in general protected, which for me, you know, that that works for his in his in his favor. And I thought at points he was probably the best guard on that line against C, the Seahawks this past week. And I thought I thought he performed very well. And honestly, I, I uh, you know I got to take a step back with, with Brock Hoffman. I you know I wasn't really impressed with his play this past week. I know it's one game. I get it. But you know, for the, the the you know the for the argument's sake for this exercise, I I actually took him off my uh off my offensive lineman list.
2: Yeah, I think uh, just to kind of piggyback off what Brandon said. Um, I mean, Josh Ball looked great against Seattle. I'll, I'll say he was no question for me. He was the best Cowboys offensive lineman in that game. Um, in fact, uh, just in terms of sample size, there were six linemen that played 15 or more pass blocking snaps in that game. The only one that got out of that game without giving up a single pressure was Josh Ball. He had a heck of a game. Um, and, in fact, if you're, if you're looking at, like, pressures allowed, Brock Hoffman, surprisingly, uh, I was shocked when I saw this, for both preseason games combined, he's right there near the top in terms of pressures allowed, along with Matt Willetsko, along with Matt Farniak, which is kind of concerning because those are some of the guys that going into camp you kind of figured they were going to be more of – you know the the top guys that we're going to rely on at interior line uh, at, at tackle, so it, it's a little concerning. But I do think uh, you know well. Let's go in Farniak. I think those guys are you know roster locks at this point for better or worse. Even though they haven't played to the to the level that we should have expected from them. I think Josh Ball has done everything that has been asked of him. He's probably in a good spot. Um, I, I also think though Brock Hoffman is probably on a little more shaky ground than he was a week ago when we last talked about him. I think he struggled in that Seattle game. And you also just kind of wonder about their interior depth and how much they need multiple interior guys. Cause they have Josh Ball who they want to keep at guard. It seems like they have uh, Matt Farniak who can play guard and center. So then it's how many more interior guys do you need versus potentially having more depth at tackle, especially because you know with Tyron Smith there's, you know, you're most likely going to be running into a situation where you have to kind of shuffle around the offensive line there. So I think he's probably in a more precarious position, but not completely off the roster bubble just yet.
3: Just to piggyback off of what uh, Brandon was saying as well, you know, You know it's a shame that you know one one preseason game can really change your roster spot, but like for these guys who are low on the roster and really fighting for those you know last positions, one game is all it takes, whether it's good or bad, to change whether you're going to be on the roster or not. And I think Brock Hoffman, I think he his stock did take a little bit of a hit with this uh, lack with last week's performance, and you know on the counter to that, Josh Ball's stock I think went way up because he really impressed. So I think Josh Ball has definitely locked himself into that roster spot as well um and then I think you add that I think I think well let's go I'm I mean I understand he's dealing with the shoulder stuff but I think he's also a lot to make it I think Farniak's a lot to make it I think uh, Richards is a lot to make it so I think you're looking at that and I would honestly like to keep TJ Bass around too I really do I think that he does provide some potential and I like his uh, flexibility of playing both guard and tackle so that would be my list to make the final roster on the offensive lineman.
4: Yeah, and, and y'all I, know y'all know how I feel about T.J. Bass. So he's yeah, I don't even have to say too much about him. He's 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 the guy I want on the roster. It he and by the way, if you look, if you I don't know if you guys saw on on uh, on the different social media sites. He, you know, there was some good. There, a lot of people were talking about how great his tape looked this past week. So, uh, TJ Bass, you know, he's he's one of those dudes that I I think he's going to sneak on this roster for sure. He's 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 playing he's playing at a very good level, and and I think he could be. in In my opinion, I think I think he if there's going to be guards, I I I think he's the fourth guard. That's just me. That's just kind of where I am on with TJ Bass, and that's and I believe I I like him more than Farniak right now. That's just where I am on TJ Bass.
1: Well, and I know right now we have him on here. Uh, we have Tyrants. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have 10 offensive linemen. This is where I was going to kind of challenge you a little bit there, B1. Who would you rather, TJ Bass or Malik Davis? Because I think that's the type of argument you have to have where a fourth running back is great. But if you want to keep this sort of interior offensive line depth that we're talking about, TJ Bass is somebody you want to develop has put on, I think, in my opinion, better tape than a Malik Davis throughout the preseason. I think that's where you kind of start trying to figure out, okay, who would you rather want to keep around? Because you have the bigger fear of them losing. I think if with offensive line, offensive line and defensive line will always be something that teams want to keep continuing to build. And I think that if you have somebody that you can kind of develop, I think that does make somebody like a Malik Davis expendable, unfortunately. So in my opinion, I would take Malik off just to keep Bass on. How do you feel?
4: Yeah, dude, I'm with you 100. I, you know, as much as I like Malik Davis, I know he's, I know he's a, he's a good special teamer. I think he played on like nearly 40 percent of uh, special team snaps last year, and that that, that stuff does matter. But at the end of the day, and as we're seeing with the the running back market right now, obviously running backs aren't getting paid what they what they feel they should, and and you know that's just the that's just the way it is with the running backs. So you could, you know, no offense to Malik Davis, I, you know, I, I have high praise for him, but at the same time, I don't want to lose a guy like T.J. Bass because to me, if he keeps developing developing at a pace that he is, he's going to be a future starter for the Cowboys. I just I just have that feeling about him, or at least he's going to be. In the rotation is like a, he'll be, you know, the third guard, so to speak. So if somebody goes down, he's right there. I think he's, a, I think he could be a potential guy that's on the Cowboys for the next handful of years. He just, he has the right skill set. He's just a good, he's just a good football player. And for me, on the other side of it too, for the running backs, the Cowboys have have been known to draft running backs or, you know, in you know middle of the late rounds or get them in, on on the undrafted side and and make them work. I mean, that's we've seen that. So it's one of those things where. It's harder to find undrafted offensive linemen that are good. And obviously we've done that with with, with guys like Terrence Steele. But I at this point, I'm not trying to put TJ Bass on that same breath because obviously Terrence Steele is one of the better, better players on our team on in that department. But TJ Bass is a guy that I do think the long-term future is 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 brighter for him on the Cowboys. So I I couldn't. It was an easy decision for me. If if it goes between those two, I'm taking TJ Bass. uh, uh, You know, ten times out of ten.
1: Now I want to ask uh, Chris. I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Chuma Adoga is also somebody that we don't have on the team right now. He's battling a knee issue. Um, we don't know the status of him if he's going to be playing this weekend yet. Um, I know he's, it looked like a pretty nasty injury, so he might not be. And, of course, he could be somebody that they put on IR um, designated to return. Uh, do you think with regards to Chuma Adoga, he can fight for a roster spot with somebody like a T.J. Bass if they want to go with experience rather than somebody to develop?
3: I don't think they should. And I know that they signed um, Adoga to a contract this offseason – I'm very comfortable with the, with the 10 that we have currently on the list. And, you know, I mean, it's a shame that he has battled with these injuries. It's not necessarily in his control, but I'd rather just develop TJ Bass. I'm with b one here. I think that he provides a lot of potential heading forwards. And I think when you're looking at a guy that low on the depth chart, I think you're looking kind of for the potential and the um, upside. So, so if you were asking me to choose between them two, I think I would still stick with TJ Bass.
2: See, I think I would go the opposite way. If if Chuma Edoga is healthy and if he's ready to go, I think personally I would rather have the guy that's that's got a more veteran experience that has actually been out there and been a starter, um, even if he hasn't done it at a high level. It's at least the experience is something that is very valuable when you're playing offensive line. Um, I, I think that's that's really where I have a lot of trouble thinking through this whole offensive line and who they keep and who stays where because one of the things they liked about him was that he can play tackle. He can play both guard spots. He has right. a lot of versatility up and down the line. And so, um, you know, what I was talking about earlier about, you know, Brock Hoffman, and he's very much just an interior guy. Um, you know, if it comes down to like between those two or like between a TJ Bass, like Idoga has more experience. He has more leadership just from being around the NFL longer and he has more versatility. So I think if, if he's healthy, if he's ready to go, he's probably got a roster spot. Unfortunately, it sounds like he's not quite there yet, and it sounds like he could be somebody that they kind of stash on the IR for a little bit, and maybe it's a case where they don't really start bringing him back until a, a situation arises where they really need him. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. But I think if he was healthy and ready to go, he probably has a roster spot.
0: So
1: Let's just say right now we'll add him on here. We'll put it at 11, which I mean, that is a lot for offensive linemen. But again, with Tyron Smith and his injury history, those are things that you do have to consider. So I think they'll go long, but I don't think it'll get bigger than 10. Let's keep him on here just that he's on with the number and the formula and what we got going on. And if you want to move him over, let's just say like Halman mentioned health-wise, if it's not 100%, maybe they put him on IR uh, to return. We could do that. Um, to try and manipulate the roster. So we'll, we'll keep it with these guys right now. I think another difficult conversation will also be the defensive line. Uh, the Cowboys carried 11. As it stands right now, we have Demarcus Lawrence, Mozzie Smith, Jonathan Hankins, Oso Digizua. We're throwing Micah Parsons in here. We're not putting him at linebacker. I think that that's pretty evident in how they feel about him right now. So we're putting Parsons here on the defensive line, Sam Williams, and Dorrance Armstrong. So the two other guys that I think are – Pretty much locks at this point would be someone like a Dante Fowler and a Junior Fajoko. Of course, Junior Fajoko being a draft pick, a most recent one, someone that Dan Quinn really covets. And then also the experience of Dante Fowler. I thought he looked pretty good in limited snaps uh, on Saturday against the Seahawks. But I put him off this list just because they do have him under a one-year contract. So if they wanted to either trade him... Uh, for maybe getting another offensive lineman, a proven offensive lineman, a linebacker, that could always be somebody that they want to throw out there. Um, we saw it happen with Terrell Basham um, you know, a few years ago where they brought him in you know, and and released him because of that. So it, his name could be kind of up in there, but I think as it stands right now, he'll be on the team. They like him a lot, and I think Junior Fajoko is the other name. Uh, Chris, do you agree with those two, or do you want to make a case for maybe somebody else right now? I
3: agree with those two. I think that um, it was a great contract that we actually were able to agree with with Dante Fowler this off season. It was very team friendly and it was one of those guys that like kind of felt like could walk maybe for some more money. He had a pretty productive season last year. So I think that Dante Fowler is definitely a lock and you know, the Cowboys do value their draft picks so highly. So I think that Fajoko is um, also a lock.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I would be shocked if either of them ended up not making it, um, which Granted, the Cowboys have surprised me plenty of times in the past. Um, the first one that comes to mind was Dan Bailey. No, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, so they have been known to shock us with those cuts. But I mean, Dante Fowler is—you know—he has a you know relationship with Dan Quinn going a while back, and he was productive last year. He's been productive in the preseason. Um, Fijoko, uh, one of my draft crushes. I was super excited when they when they landed him. Um, he hasn't really shown for me. He hasn't shown a lot in the preseason, but he's also, you know, very much a developmental guy. He played defensive end in college, and he's kind of moving to more of an inside guy. But um, I, I mean, I think they really like him. I think as a fourth-round pick, like that's not somebody that you really kind of mess around with roster cuts with this kind of situation. Um, I think those guys are lost with with everybody else we've mentioned already.
4: Yeah, I I mean those are the nine I had on my on my list here. So I. I couldn't agree with the the list more, and agree with you guys more. I think Junior Fajoco, he was one of my other, he was one of my favorites too. Hellman. I, I know I wrote a piece uh, on on Junior. He's a, he's a heck of a talent. So I think I think he's one of those guys for me where I don't think he, you know, he's going to be on the fifty three, but I don't think he makes the game day roster all the time. I think they'll kind of use him as kind of at least until he's developed. You know, use him as okay, you know, if we're, we can go a little bit lighter at this position and go somewhere else you know, I think that's where he is for at least for the time being. But yeah, I think, I think that, I think that nine, I think nine's a good number. I know 11 was that number we were talking about earlier, but nine is good because then, you know, you could, you could use the extra spot or two in other areas. So I think, I think I'm very, I'm very satisfied with nine right there.
1: Now I do want to say, uh, and I'll throw it to you actually, Halman. you know, To get to 11, that means there are two spots remaining. Of course, they could kind of do a little bit of manipulation if uh, Fahoko's dealing with a shoulder injury, which is what kept him out the first preseason game. Maybe they put him on IR and they want to go with a little bit more experience. I think that there's four guys that it would be between for the final two spots. If we did go 11, I think it would be Neville Gallimore, Quentin Bohanna, Chauncey Golston, and Isaiah Land has actually shown up pretty well in the preseason uh, per John Owning of PFF. Land is tied for third among all edge players and second among rookies in total pressures during the preseason with eight. He also has one sack and six hurries. So do you want to carry 11 Hellman? You think that's a good number, which was what they did last year. Um, And if so, which two guys are you kind of standing on the stump for?
2: I wouldn't be opposed to going with 11. I think 10 is, I think 10 is kind of the sweet spot there. Um, But also they have a lot of guys on the defensive line that have been really showing out. So if, they want to go a little deeper there. I understand it. Um, I think John C. John Golston is, is – I would say he's a lock, honestly. I'm, I'm pretty wow. confident in, okay. in his – in what he's put forth and also just looking at the trends of how he's played in the preseason. Like, he gets on the field pretty early. He comes out pretty quickly. It's not like they're, you know, leaving him in there to kind of, you know, make him prove himself. And he's somebody that even though he hasn't really – put a whole lot of stats up in, in the time he's been in Dallas. Like every time Dan Quinn talks about him, he just raves about him. It's someone that Dan Quinn clearly really likes his talent. Um, and he's kind of similar in, to Fijoko in that he was an edge guy in college. And then they kind of gradually moved him inside. And so, you know, maybe at this point in his career, he's getting a little more confident playing on the inside. Um, so I think he's, I think he's probably got a really, really good shot at making the roster. I consider him a lock. Um, and then with, Gallimore and Bohanna, I think they're probably not going to be making it um, unless the Cowboys do decide to go deeper. I just think bringing back Hankins, drafting Mozzie Smith, the growth we've seen from Osa, it, it just they kind of become a little expendable at that point in terms of what they're looking for along that interior of the defensive line.
4: I'll say this. I think, I I think Isaiah land is a guy. If you're going to go deep at the position or in the position group, if we're going 11, I think, I think Isaiah lands 11 for me. I do agree with Hellman. If, if they're going to do 10, which is, you know, it's, that's, you know, that's not, that's not something too crazy. I think that's, I think that's, you know, I think it's a fair number. I think Chauncey would be number ten for me. So I don't know if he's necessarily a lock. I just you know I'm curious to see how the Cowboys go, where they go in this you know in this realm. But if for argument's sake, if you know for the exercise for now, why don't we put these eleven guys, you know the total of eleven in, and then we'll debate you know the back end and see which ones. But I I really like Isaiah Land. I was surprised he wasn't drafted this past year. I he has a lot of talent. Like the kid, the kid's just he's he's a naturally gifted pass rusher. And you don't, you know, he, he, you know, he has a little bit of refinement in his skills, like, but that's fine because he's got, you know, he's going to, he's got a great coach to have to work with. And, you know, that's a guy that I think if he sticks around for the next year or two, he could be a potential stud uh, for the Cowboys. I just, I'm very high in land. I think he's just that good, but you know, it's tough because you have nine, 10, potentially other guys that, you know, are, are ahead of him right now.
3: Um, I agree with that as well. I think that Chauncey Golson would definitely be a guy who would be kind of the lock at 10 if they were going to go 10. Um, But I also really have liked what I've seen from Isaiah Lance so far this preseason. And, you know, I do think that he provides a kind of a higher ceiling of growth and potential. So I think that they've kind of seen what they can get out of Neville Gallimore already. I don't know if there's really too much more to see. And they've also, they, I mean, I mean, um, going back to David's point, you know, they have Mozzie, they have Hankins, they have Osa there's really no reason anymore to go that route. So I think that it makes the most sense that if they go 10, it's Chauncey. If they go 11, then Isaiah Land has played himself into that 11 spot.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think if those were the final two, if we want to go deep here, and again, we can figure out, uh, I mean, right now, based off of an also corner and safety, uh, we threw out some names there a few weeks ago. We're at 49 guys right now. So we're we're cutting it close uh, with the 53. But again, we can put these two on here, see how it shakes out. I know we went a little longer the offensive line, but I agree. I think Land has shown a lot. They showed a lot of confidence with him um, being an undrafted free agent, giving him a, a pretty – chunk of pretty sizable chunk of change and I think Dan Quinn really wants somebody that he can develop somebody that they can kind of keep growing and be that next guy maybe to replace like a Dante Fowler next year to kind of be that maybe arsenal or like sort of pass rusher uh, for them um, so I do think that those are two guys definitely it'll be interesting to see what they want to do maybe with a Neville Gallimore or a Quentin Bohanna again two guys that they drafted uh, the Cowboys love the draft picks but if they haven't seen a lot from them Um, of course, Neville Gallimore was sort of, I think on the outside looking in last year, anyway, uh, he's going into a contract year. I think there actually is something with his contract where money becomes guaranteed or he gets some sort of roster bonus if he's on, uh, the team as well. I was hearing whispers about too. So that could always play a factor into it. Um, yeah, I think this is a good list. We'll move on to linebacker because my goodness, we thought that this was locked down a few weeks ago after preseason game one. And now you look at it and we're kind of back to square one. Of course, we mentioned the overshone injury. We had him on here as a lock with Leighton Vanderesh Esch and Damone Clark. And now you're kind of just sit, scratching your head. They carried six last year. We only have two right now. My goodness, I don't even think we have six guys that are healthy on the roster right now, too. So uh, we do have Tyrus Wheat, Jabril Cox, Malik Jefferson, and Devin Harper. I think Devin Harper, Jabril Cox... They're both making it, which puts us at four. So if you want to throw Malik Jefferson and Tyrus Wheat on there to complete six, I wouldn't argue against it. But I also think that there's a linebacker that's going to be out there, um, whether it is a free agent or somebody that they get off of waivers, I think that they're going to be on the team. So it might not be a name that we see right now. But, Chris, I'll throw it to you uh, because you actually had an article come out on Blogging the Boys about this same topic, about maybe some potential free agents the Cowboys can look at. While we're kind of talking about this, what are some of the names? Give me two names uh, that you listed that could be potential landing spots for the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I listed two names. I listed a familiar face in Anthony Barr. You know, he was with us last season. I think some fans were kind of on the uh, fence about his play last year. I mean, I think he was really good in run defense, but in coverage he kind of lacked, you know, at certain points throughout the season. The second name is the one I'm more high on, and that's Rashawn Evans. I mean, he's still only 27, and he started 17 games for the Falcons last year, and he had 159 total tackles, two sacks, uh, uh, two fumble recoveries. He had Six uh, tackles for loss, I mean he was all over the field and I know numbers don't say everything at the linebacker position But his numbers are pretty good and when you're looking at the depth of a position I would feel more comfortable with him having to play than a jabril cox or devin harper Especially in a season that we're really trying to win now, you know I keep going back to the whole experience factor and I and like I don't know I, I I don't know like to me. I think that Evans makes the most sense for um, for the Cowboys to go out and pick up, but Anthony Barr also could make sense too because he is familiar with the system and he's familiar with Dan Quinn. It would be an easy addition for them. They could easily plug him back in, and he would know what to do. So I think either of those makes sense, and I think that the Cowboys would would be wise to go after one of those guys to just kind of add depth. It's such a shame that Overshone did get hurt. I wish I could just give him my um, ACL and, <laughs> and and you know like it all would be good because I really don't need it, you know, but. <laughs> But, you know, I would definitely give it to him if that was possible. But, you know, it's a shame. But hopefully he has a speedy recovery, and, you know, he's taking it very positively. And, you know, I think that he's going to train really hard and, you know, bounce back. It just makes me sad because he was showing out. He was all over the field, and I think he would have had such a great impact year one. He was one of the draft picks I was the most excited about, honestly, when it happened. I felt really good about getting him in the third round. So it's a shame, but I think the Cowboys, with his injury, have to address the position and i think the answer is rashawn evans
2: yeah I, i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you on the love for rashawn evans um he's somebody that back when he came out of the draft he, that was the same draft that the cowboys took late and van Der esch and a lot of people were talking like when they drafted van Der esch like should they have taken rashawn evans instead and kind of debating between those guys um, personally, as someone who has never once doubted the talent and skill of Leighton Vanderesh I yes. wouldn't go quite that far. <laughs> um, but I, I I did always like Rashawn Evans and his game. He was productive in Tennessee. He was productive in Atlanta. Um, so I think it would be very interesting if they kicked the tires on him. Um, but as far as, you know, where the linebacker group goes from here, um, you know, it, it's really sad for DeMarco and Oak, Rashawn just because he was having such a great preseason. He was just really showing out um but i also think linebackers a position that you know dan quinn since he's been here has kind of gone light on um you know layton vanderish plays a lot and then after that they kind of they kind of rotate some guys in but they don't really play much base defense they don't often have three linebackers on the field they don't even really often that often have two linebackers on the field they use a lot of dime they use a lot of nickel packages and both uh J. ron Kirsten and donovan wilson have played a lot of kind of safe hybrid safety linebacker roles so Um, as just as far as like the depth and like being able to feel a defense, I'm not sure that this necessarily hurts the Cowboys in the long run. Um, I think they still feel good about, uh, Jabril Cox as far as a depth guy that they can use in certain situations. Devin Harper, uh, I think has shown some really good growth this year, but I also think a lot of his work is coming on special teams. Uh, and then Malik Jefferson is someone I really liked last year. He's looked good this year. He does have an injury. And so there's kind of some question there. Mike McCarthy said today that he was going to be hard pressed to come back this week too. So I don't know what that means as far as, you know, maybe they try to get him on the IR and, you know, whatever the situation is there. But um, I I think, you know, going with, you know, four or five linebackers here, I think that's a good number. There's the four guys, you know, Der Esch, Clark, Cox, and Harper that seem like they're probably safe for their roster spots at this point. I think that's a good number if they want to go with five, uh, you know, Jefferson, if he's good to go, I like him. If they bring in Rashawn Evans, I like him. If they bring in some other guy that neither none of us really know what his name is yet, but he helps on special teams, you know, that's, that's also good for the brand. Um, so I, I really trust them to kind of figure this one out. My five,
4: I only have five this is where I'm at. I, I think how makes a good point. I think they go light because of they're going to go heavier on in safety. I think safety is going to be, we'll be talking about that shortly where I think they go heavier in safety anyways. So for me, I already had only five linebackers listed. I would have had six because I, I obviously overshone was going to make the team. He was balling out before the injury. And I, you know, obviously we wish him the best with the, with the, uh, with, with uh, his recovery after the, uh, the tear, unfortunately this past weekend. But yeah, my five, obviously, uh, uh, Hallman's favorite linebacker, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, and then you have uh, you, you know you have Clark. I mean, Damon De- 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 Clark is fantastic. I think he's going to be a guy that a lot of people they're going to be like, wow. Yeah, he's locked in at the linebacker position for the Cowboys for a while. That's just how good he is. I think Jabril Cox obviously makes it. Harper, I think makes it, especially on special teams. And I do, I do agree with Hallman. I, I like what I've seen from Malik Jefferson. You know, he was, he, you know, I think he was a third-round pick when he came into the league not that long ago. So he, you know, he has that pedigree. He was a good player in the Big 12 at Texas. So I, 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 I like what he, you know, I like what he brings to the table. So for me, those are the five guys. And 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 again, they're gonna go heavy at safety. So. Five linebackers might sound crazy, but they don't run. They typically don't run that many linebackers on the field at the same time. So I think five's a good number. I think we should leave it right. Leave it right there.
1: Yeah, I think five is a great number. I just put it on our 53-man roster. People can't see it. I just put insert name here. Uh, whether that is a outside free agent, a waiver claim, or Malik Jefferson, somebody that's already on the team, even like a Tyrus Wheat. I know Mike McCarthy mentioned that. It's a big week for him, too. So I think five is a great number. They went a little heavy with six, but I think, as we mentioned, with regards to the safety position, Dan Quinn likes to use guys like a Donovan Wilson, a J. Ron Curse as sort of their nickelbacks. Uh, shout out to the band, Nickelback, um, you know, in those positions. So I think that, that that's a great point. We'll move to the secondary corner. They had six, and now right now we're at 52 guys. Uh, so we are cutting it very tight here. We had Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, and Eric Scott Jr. as the locks when we talked about it a few weeks ago. Of course, Eric Scott hasn't had the most glowing uh, preseason. If people were confused and thinking it was Trayvon Diggs who gave up the JSN <laughs> touchdown, feel free to know that it was not him. Uh, it was Eric Scott, but I think it was just a great route by a great wide receiver. And the guys who are on the outside looking in, we have C.J. Goodwin, Miles Brooks, Nishan Wright, Josh Butler, Kelvin Joseph, and D'Angelo Mandel. So we are, like I said, at 52. The Cowboys carried six. So we still have two spots left based off of what the projection was last year. Me personally, I think Nishan Wright is a good special teams guy, somebody that they want to continue to develop. I know he's been injured, but outside of him, I think the last guy that has actually proven to be Pretty well, just like Josh Ball, I think Kelvin Joseph has had a pretty good preseason. Uh, Per Marcus Mosier on Twitter, he said that Kelvin Joseph has allowed just 13 yards on six targets in the preseason. I think his passer rating against him this year was around 36 in the preseason. I know the past two years, I believe this was Skywalker Steel, he mentioned that it was above 100 for the past two years in the preseason. So clearly he's taking this step forward. He's another special teams guy. I think if you look at it, it's just two guys that are familiar with the system. The Cowboys had a problem last year with the secondary bringing in corners from the outside. If you have two guys that know the system, know the defense, keep them on, and I think that again they're gonna they're gonna contribute on special teams. So, Halman, uh, you want to keep it at six? I know we're going to live a little heavy on some positions, but do you want to still keep it at that number with in the Sean Wright and Kelvin Joseph?
2: No, I'm I'm gonna go down to five. And Kelvin Joseph is going to be the one I'm going to keep. You you took the words right out of my mouth um, because Kelvin Joseph has just had a really, really impressive preseason. Um, He's blown me away. He was someone like going into camp. I was already in my head assumed he was getting cut. You know, and I I was like not the biggest fan when he was first drafted. You know, kind of saw some of the some of the signs in college, the off the field stuff, and it was like you know, kind of I knew you were trouble when you walked in, and you know, I was just. Didn't really want to give him a chance. And I'll tell you what, he has he has earned my respect. Uh, you, you mentioned it, uh, six targets. That's more than any other Cowboys defender through the preseason. He only allowed one catch, three forcing completions, two pass breakups. And we already know from the last couple of years that he can play reliably on special teams. So not only does he now, you know, he's shown the, the, the growth as a defender playing in coverage, but you know what he is on special teams. So I think he gives you that um you know if if we're going with just five here that means we're also cutting cj goodwin the idea would be joseph fills that role as being kind of the top special teams ace you're going to get some production out of eric scott jr uh similarly with with help on special teams so i just think joseph has done everything and more that that could have been asked of in this this preseason
4: yeah Um, i'm 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 with him on that i mean it's i think it's five i go five i mean that's I don't mind going light here. I think I think 5 is the magic number. Nishan Wright would be my 6th if we had the room, but I, Holman, I you stole my thunder. You're making all these great points about Calvin Joseph, and and I agree. I was, and when he got drafted, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I, I was hoping Asante Samuel was gonna be the guy because I was a big Asante Samuel guy in college. But he obviously didn't fit the uh, the mold that you know the size because he's a little bit smaller of a cornerback. That was my guy. So like when 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 the Cowboys went with uh, with Bossman Fat over over uh, Asante Samuel, I was a little I was a little uh, sore about that. And you know what? And and ha- and hasn't been. You know, Asante's played pretty darn well. The, you know, since being in the league, so you know, I, I don't think I'm still wrong on that one. I think Asante's still a better player, in my opinion. But Calvin Joseph, you know, has gotten better. You know, the stats you guys mentioned, he's he's been he, he's he's pretty much been pretty locked down, and he's made some good plays. His his cover skills, he's he, he seems like he's taking it seriously. And also, this makes uh, CJ Goodwin expendable. I think. You know, I think where Calvin Joseph's going to make his run is is on special teams. So I think if we're going to go happier other positions, I think we go lighter at cornerback.
3: I also have to eat some crow and kind of walk back my words a little bit because we kind of discussed the cornerback position a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned that I thought CJ Goodwin was going to make it over Calvin Joseph. And I was wrong. I think Kelvin Joseph is gonna end up getting that spot. And he really did show out in preseason so far. He's improved a lot. And you know, you know, like heading into the uh preseason, I was kind of with David. I thought, you know, man, I was ready to move on. I thought he was gonna have to focus more on his rap career as you know, boss man fat and kind of you know figure that whole thing out. But you know, I was wrong. I think that Kelvin Joseph has kind of solidified himself on the team and I think his play on special teams does help kind of make Goodwin a little bit more expendable. So it's going to be kind of tough to see Goodwin go because he really has been a special teams ace for a while here in Dallas. But with that said, I think that Kelvin Joseph has taken that spot. I still think that they do go six, Brandon, uh, two. So I agree with you. I think that they go with the six corners, and I think it's right Wright, uh, Kelvin Joseph, and, and – uh, who was the other corner that we just mentioned. It's escaping me right now.
1: Well, the one thing I was going to mention is Jordan Lewis is somebody that we didn't talk about, but I just put him on PUP to return. Uh, I know that they were talking about uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about him and his recovery when his timeline is to come back. He didn't really mention, didn't want to say anything about if he's slated to return. I think because of roster manipulation, he could be designated to return from the PUP list, which would put him, on four weeks, uh, a four-game basically sit out, uh, similar to what happened with Michael Gallup last year. Um, it has to be a mandatory four game So, Howman, you were going to mention something?
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, credit to Chris for kind of mentioning Nishon Wright because that's where I was going too. Is he didn't play in this last preseason game, and he had a, a high ankle sprain that he was dealing with. And um, you know, reporters that were there said afterwards he was in a protective boot. So, to me, uh, I mean. I know these NFL players are just completely built different to where, you know, you can be in a boot and then, you know, a week later you're playing a a football game and going out there and running. I don't know. Maybe he does it. But to me, that means he's probably not playing this next week either. He might be in another situation where we're talking about maybe like they carry him very, you know, initially and then they put him on the IR kind of stash him a little bit. Um, But it kind of looks like, his preseason is over, and at this point, just based on his performance relative to Kelvin Joseph's, I think if you end up going light at light at corner and going with five instead of six, at this point Kelvin has outplayed Nation, and that's hard for me to say because I've been a Nation Wright fan since day one. Um, but just based on what they've actually shown that they can do, um, and also in terms of availability, which we all know is your best ability, um, you know, Kelvin is I think at this point fairly over Nation at this point.
4: Yeah, I'll say this too, because I know we were talking about maybe, you know, with the injury to Wright and obviously the injury to Lewis, where he's out for the, you know, where they're both out for the first month. So, you know, for me, how that looks, how that, how that looks in, you know, week four, week five, you know, going into that stretch, you're, you got two guys that are potentially coming back. So I, I think for me, you know, having five already there and then having those two, then you're going really heavy with seven. I just don't see the team doing that. So I, it, it's one of those things where I, 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 you know they, they could they could you know depending on the severity of, of of Wright's injury you know I hate saying it but they they might stretch that thing out a little bit further just to see what they have at the position because I don't I don't think you know you know going halfway going to the halfway point of the season I don't think the Cowboys are carrying seven cornerbacks once everybody's assuming everybody's you know healthy and in back and healthy at that point.
1: Yeah, and now, I mean, we got to talk about the safety position to wrap this up, and then we'll kind of adjust some numbers here. We're at 53 right now, and that includes J. Ron Kirst, Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, Izzy Mquamu, again, that they have listed as a safety, but we know that we've seen him play in the slot at corner. I think he's sort of the wild card for – the Cowboys, where he's basically an extra corner and an extra safety, somebody that they can use all over the place. Uh, I know he hasn't had the absolute best preseason like he did last year, but again, I do think that that's you still have to develop these guys, you still have to carry them through. I know the team has confidence in him, the players around him have confidence in him, so I think he's a lock as well. The other guys who are on the outside looking in, you have Marquise Bell, Wanya Thomas, and Tyler Coyle. I, I know, Chris, you and I, we were talking about Wanye Thomas last week, um, and unfortunately he had that really bad penalty right after Marquise Bell had that really good run stop uh, in the backfield. So do you think Marquise Bell is somebody that's sort of taking the leap above a Wanya Thomas are you still trying to get both of these guys on the roster
3: I think that they do go heavier at the safety position especially considering if we're under the assumption that they're only going to have five linebackers I think they do add on the safety spot because you do see curse and Wilson's ability to kind of play that you know um kind of scooch in in that linebacker slot so I'm going to go with Bell as well I do think that they keep Bell and Maybe I can see a world where they also go thomas, but I think you're getting down to the numbers at this point I mean, we're at 54 right now and that's not even including our wide receiver six and who I think should be a lock as well To make it but you know, we'll get to that in a little bit Um, so I think we're gonna have to trim down some spots and I think ultimately they're gonna have to stick with five So I think I think bell is still the correct answer I think thomas has kind of played well for the most part in his preseason action, but you know, I think the team is pretty high on Bell, and I think that Bell would be that fifth guy who kind of slides in there.
4: Yeah, I think I'll say this. I think I think uh, safety. I think they go six. I think they keep both Bell and Thomas. I, there's to me, they're both too talented, the guys that they shouldn't be on the, they, they should not be left off this roster. I think, you know, f- you know, coming into the you know preseason, I thought Bell was pretty, you know, a pretty safe bat. Wanya, you know, we are hearing reports out of training camp from all the great, the great covers that we were getting that, you know, he was playing well in, in, in training camp. And then, that, that carried over. He, he intercepted Trevor Lawrence like he you know he's he's had a really good you know preseason. he's uh, yes, he had that egregious penalty this past week. but'm I'm not I'm not knocking a guy for one penalty. I know it wasn't the greatest penalty to have, but to me, I think he's he's another guy where in a normal in a normal t- setting where you know where it's not Dan Quinn and how he deploys safeties, there's no way in, you know no way they're they're carrying six. but in the way he deploys his safeties, I look at I look at these guys that you know they're they're coming straight forward and they're they're essentially you know they're I call them you know a small a, a small fast linebackers how I look at these guys so you know and Wanye fits that well and Marquise does the same thing these these guys are they're like they're younger versions of of the guys that are above them which which is uh, you know a guy like Jamar Curse and, and and Donovan Wilson so for me you know I, I go heavy I go heavy here because. You know, I know we're going to break it down a little bit further here because obviously our roster counts at 55, you know, according to our spreadsheet. So there's going to be some conversations coming up, but uh, the one conversation I think, you know, I'm pretty firm on at this point is carrying six safeties.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I'll double down with six safeties um, mostly just because they have the numbers on guys that definitely have both deserve and have earned those spots. Um, And we talked about Mukwamu being, you know, kind of versatile to play safety to play that slot corner role. That also helps out when you're talking about going light at corner because we saw towards the end of last year, Deron Bland kind of had to play more outside corner and then eventually Mukwamu moved into the slot. So, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, if, if you're looking at it as Scott and Joseph as your own only backups, well, you know, God forbid something happens to Diggs or Gilmore. You can move Bland to the outside Mukwamu can come into the slot. And then you've got two other guys for depth and safety with Bell and Thomas. So I think... You know, if if you're going light at corner with just five, it's because you're making room for six safeties because you really like Bell and you really like Thomas. And both of them have played so well in preseason that those are guys you don't want to risk putting them through waivers.
1: So I think what it comes down to, we mentioned that we're at fifty-five right now. It's taking a look, and I know that, you know, Chris mentioned Jalen Brooks as a as a guy that, you know, he wants to make the 53 man roster to be the sixth wide receiver, but I know we are a little long taking at the two positions, offensive line and defensive line. I think it's either gonna be we take one from both or you take two from one, keep the others. To me, I think the way that you look at it, to me, unfortunately, I think TJ Bass and Isaiah Land are two people that are going to have to be cut from this list. And I say that only because when you're trying to win the Super Bowl and be win now right now, unfortunately, you can't. It's tough to develop as many guys as you want because you want that veteran experience. How I mentioned with Adoga. he's a veteran offensive lineman. And again, things could change with this weekend when we kind of adjust and see how it plays out against Las Vegas. Maybe we see some things happen with the roster already, but they do have until August 29th to kind of figure things out. If it, where it stands right now, if it had to be between Bass and Adoga, I think I'm giving the edge to Adoga. and the same thing between Golston and land. Unfortunately, I think the experience and the position flex with Golston just kind of gives him the nod as well. Um, B B one, I'll go with you. How do you feel about that?
4: Uh, not pleased, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna hammer. I'm gonna pound the table for for T J Bass. I mean, here's here's here, here's the the ten guys that I I have right now. You know, obviously I have the Smiths. I got Biadish, Martin, Steele, Ball, which I can't believe I'm saying that, but you know he's played well enough. And obviously I got my guy T J Bass in there. I, I like Austin Richards. I think Farniak's done enough. And I think let's w- Woletsko is my guy. Those are you know, those those are my ten. I just think I no offense to Adoga depending I don't know the severity of the situation, but he's another guy that you could uh, you could stick, you know, maybe stick on the reserve list and and you know see what happens there because I don't want to miss out on a TJ Bass. And I know you guys were mentioning Isaiah Land. I'm just going to tell you this right now. And, and yes, I'm one of those guys where I, I do, I do fear for guys that are on the <laughs> roster now that don't make it to the practice squad later. But Isaiah land yeah. is go, He's a guy to me that he's at an elite position, which, you know, in my book, there's, there's three positions that are very important, the quarterback, protecting the quarterback and getting after the quarterback and uh, Isaiah land can do the getting at the quarterback pretty darn well. And I think if he is not on this team, you know, you know, whoever we take, you know, he stays, you know, someone stays on over him. We're going to regret that later. Cause I think Isaiah land has got a future in the NFL. And I think he's going to be a very talented player that, you know, if that's the case, we're going to be kicking ourselves because I do think, I think somebody would pick him up before, uh, before he lands back on the practice squad. That's just, that's how I feel about land, especially.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cruel summer when you have to cut both T.J. Bass and Isaiah Land. Um,
4: <laughs> well done.
2: Thank you. Um, I mean, I, I I agree with with what uh, Brandon's saying is like those are two guys that I'll be I'll definitely be sweating it out when they're on waivers, um, especially Land because you can in the NFL you can never have enough pass rusher and he has shown the ability to do that in spades, but. At the same time, this is a team that is very much competing to win now. They're trying to win a Super Bowl in 2023, not 2026. And, you know, at that point, you got to make these tough decisions and you got to go with the guys that are going to help you now rather than the guys that, you know, might potentially help you out down the road. And that's just part of the reality, the harsh reality of the NFL.
3: Yeah, um... I don't know. I think I agree on one of those and that's getting rid of Isaiah Land. I'm I'm with B one. I'd rather keep Bass, but I understand the argument. I understand the win now argument and I understand that Adoga when he's healthy is is probably a better uh fit for us at the moment. But I I am pretty high on TJ Bass's potential and I don't wanna let that go. I don't wanna, you know, let that walk. So I agree with Isaiah Land, unfortunately, and I disagree with the Bass decision. But you know, it is what it is. I'm not in charge, so so we're gonna uh, move forward.
1: So as it stands right now, I mean, we're at 54. We've talked about the Cowboys going long on offensive line and safety. I think that. Uh, again, we haven't had the Jalen Brooks conversation. I think if we want to get the Cowboys to have Jalen Brooks on, I think it really does come down to you have to get rid of two to keep one. And that's, I think, with it, where it stands right now. I think it's between Jalen Brooks, TJ Bass, and Wanye Juan, Juan Thomas, all three young guys developmental guys for the Cowboys I think those are the decisions that what it comes down to like Dave uh like Halman and I mentioned you can only keep so many of the unproven guys when you're trying to make this push um I think the Cowboys are going to keep four tight ends I know they went three last year so I know we could always take Sean McEwen off but they have used him a lot as a blocking tight end in the backfield I think that's just too valuable to them right now we mentioned them going light already at linebacker with five a potential name that's not even on here right now going light at corner so I think if you had to pick either having uh, Jalen Brooks be a special teams guy, a Awanye Thomas being a special teams guy, and then maybe the v- developmental offensive lineman. To me, I think it, the offensive lineman thing, I think you take TJ Bass out and then it really becomes uh, a Awanye Thomas and then Jalen Brooks conversation. And to me, Jalen Brooks would provide just maybe a little bit more he has a core special teams ability. To to me, him and Marquise Bell are kind of the same safety player. They could always bring Thomas onto the practice squad. You hope he goes through waivers. Uh, but to me, Jalen Brooks has shown a lot throughout the training camp to develop. I think that would be somebody that you want to keep on. And like I said, you get rid of Bass, you get rid of Thomas, and then you have your 53.
3: I agree with you, uh, Brandon, obviously. Um, I've been pounding the table for uh, Jalen Brooks. I Honestly, I wish that we could see a little bit more From him in the preseason and it's not even A fault on him per se he just hasn't Really been getting the looks Um, He hasn't been targeted that much Um, He did come away with that pretty Crucial fourth down catch uh, Which was nice in the uh, Game against the Seahawks but yeah I think Jalen Brooks has been so impressive In camp and i really i don't think he would just be able to come back to the practice squad at this point if they did let him go i think that some other team would would try and get in on that with just how much he's been the talk of camp and with just how much praise he's been getting from mike mccarthy and and from the rest of the staff and even the wide receiver room i mean I mean, there was a pretty crazy quote that Michael Gallup said that, like, Brooks was one of the most athletic guys he's been around, which, which I mean, you know, it sounds crazy to think about, but, I mean, obviously... You know, he's speaking from experience being around all these players. So I don't know. I think that Jalen Brooks should definitely find a final roster spot. I think he squeaks in at that wide receiver six. And I think that that means that Thomas has to go. And I really just think that's because, you know, with Bell, with Mukwamu, with Hooker, with Wilson, with Curse, I think we're really solid at that safety room already. I think we have a lot of, like, I, I think having those three safeties being that good and then having um, the um, flexibility of Mukwamu and then Bell, I just think that I think Thomas, we should hope just makes it on the practice squad, and uh, we keep Brooks around.
1: Now, yeah, how, I think I, I was think gonna Brooks say is, really quick. How about this? We'll keep Brooks, Adoga, Bass, uh, N'Shawn Wright, Wanya Thomas. We'll keep all these guys on here, and we'll address it next week because I do think that the Cowboys are going to use the final preseason game to really evaluate a lot of these back end guys that we're talking about. Um, and then, you know, listen, we don't have to put our stamp on this now. We still got one more week. We don't have to do it right now. The Cowboys are going to be cutting down uh, the day that the next week's episode airs. So we could look super intelligent. Why put our cards on the table right now? Right. Uh, so I think that if we keep it at 56, that's only three guys that we have to cut. Again, injuries could play a factor into this heading into next week, and we can look perfectly okay and say, "Hey, listen, like we didn't want to cut anybody right now. We didn't want to put anybody out on the street." So, um, Howman, how do you feel about that? And then I'll throw it to Brandon too.
2: Well, I, I feel good about that idea because it gives me just a little bit extra time to make my case for for Simi for Thioko being <laughs> being that last receiver instead of Jalen Brooks, and I, I can't believe like we're, all of a sudden we're just talking about like, oh yeah, Jalen Brooks, yeah, he's he's the extra receiver. I think there's a good debate to be had there, but I will take the full week. I will be, you know, just like the Cowboys, I'll be practicing. I'll have pads on while I'm doing it, and I'll be ready (laughs) come
4: game time next week. All right. I'm just going to say this again. uh, I'm taking a doga off my list. That's that's where I'm at at this point. Because I I'm, I don't want to you, you lose uh, Wanya Thomas. I really like where he's at, but I know for this exercise we're gonna you know we'll see him uh, we'll see how things shake out after the final preseason game. I do agree. Uh, sorry, Hallman, you're gonna be outnumbered in this one. Uh, I like Jalen Brooks more than Semyon I just think Jalen Brooks. He brings more to the to the game, I feel like at this point. And and I mean Simmy's been in the program, you know, for you know last few years. And to me, like I think what we've seen is what we get with with him. But I feel like Jalen Brooks, he's flashing some great ability. He's made some great plays already in the preseason. So for me, I think I think Jalen Brooks, I think he steals that uh we'll call it the receiver six spot because we're gonna call Turpin kind of our gadget player. So that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with with him. But you know it's you know this preseason week three, this whole this whole you know 57 uh, man roster we have right now, we're going to be tweaking it even more next week. So at this point, it, you know it's it's fun to see. But we we have it pretty much. I feel locked in. I feel like there's a few spots that are going to be debated, and we're going to debate pretty hard after uh, this week, uh, this coming week preseason game, and it's going to be uh, it's, it's going to be fun. So maybe maybe Halman will make us eat crow after Simi has. Two touchdowns has a monster game, which you know, I don't three, see happening. Three touchdowns. <laughs> oh, three. Oh trifecta, got it. But Jalen Brooks to me, I'll say this. I think Jalen Brooks has a touchdown. I think he I think he solidifies that final spot over semifocal uh for uh, preseason week three. I think he takes that spot.
3: I'm so biased for Jalen Brooks that like if Sammy Pahoko came out and had one fifty and three touchdowns, I'd still be in denial. I'd be like, No, Jalen Brooks is the guy. So I'm all in. I've I'm I'm all in on Jalen Brooks. I will be devastated if he ends up anywhere else other than this final roster. Of course,
1: the Cowboys are going to head into their final preseason game. I think we did talk about a few guys that we're going to keep our eyes on, so I don't think we'll talk about some sort of final game predictions. But is there anything – I'll go from B1, Chris, and then Halman will wrap it up. Anything you just want to see. Just anything, just one thing that you want to see. Maybe not necessarily a player, but just something from the Cowboys this final week.
4: So before I get to that, uh, make sure you uh, don't make sure you check out uh, uh, tomorrow's roundtable. So coming up on uh, Tuesday night, uh, I'll be on the roundtable with uh, maybe one of my other uh, brothers here on the uh, you know, on the show. So uh, stay tuned for uh, Tuesday night. I'm adjusting to the new time because you know that you know they do it in the Central Time uh, Zone. So when I saw eight Central, so nine p.m. on the East Coast. So make sure you you know make sure you catch uh, myself and uh, maybe one of my other teammates here on the on the Riders block that'll be on there as well. But to to answer your question, it's an easy answer. Can we just get out of it without any serious injuries? That's that's all I want at this point.
3: Yeah, I mean I can't really give an answer that's more important than that. But I uh, I would definitely like to see some more just Jalen Brooks action I'm all in man <laughs> I want to see more Jalen Brooks get him the ball get him a touchdown you know force feed him I don't care I want Jalen Brooks to ball out um but yeah no one thing I have to say is you know this is such a tough conversation trying to finalize this 53-man roster and I really think it's I think it speaks to how talented this team is and how high the expectations should be like you know I know we're gonna get you know called bias but This is one of the best rosters in the nfl if not the best on paper and it's certainly I think the best roster Since their super bowl year and I just I don't know my expectations are so high and i'm so excited So really just you know just to kind of piggyback off of what brandon said like just make it out Okay, make it out healthy. That's what's really important like at the end of the day Nothing's more important than that as unfortunately we saw in the last game, you know, you know bad things can happen so yeah, just stay healthy. You know, make sure that that Jalen Brooks touches the ball at least ten times so that he can show his um, show his playmaking ability. And uh, and yeah, and and um, let's just get closer to Week One, and so we can beat the Giants again.
2: Well, I think for me, the obvious answer would be Sidney Fijoko balling out, and but we already we already covered that he's going to have 150 yards, he's going to have three touchdowns, and Chris is going to be forced to change his mind there. Um, Honestly, one thing I would really like to see is Hunter Lepke getting some action at fullback, getting some action at tight end, which that's one of the reasons we were all excited when the Cowboys signed him as an undrafted guy. And he just, you know, he has all this versatility and they haven't really seen what he can do. And maybe they're doing that so they can sneak him on the on the practice squad. I don't know. I would just like to see it. I want to see if he can actually do it at the NFL level. Um, so that's that's what I'm really looking for. But. You know, Brandon alluded to it, and if you want to hear more of my beautiful voice, more of these incredibly layered uh, Taylor Swift references that just kind of seamlessly go into the conversation, you'll be able to get that Tuesday night on the Blotting the Boys Roundtable podcast, so make sure you
1: tune in. Well, and Hellman, I mean, uh, Bill Belichick is in lockstep with you. He's pretty impressed with uh, Taylor Swift's uh, performance, so I think you and Bill Belichick, I mean, you're on the same wavelength there. Uh, I think the I, you mentioned Lipke; that was a name I was going to bring up just to see a little bit. Uh, but again, if they don't want to show, him, maybe they stash him on the practice squad and continue to develop. And uh, give me Isaac Allercone. I want to see this this transition from offensive lineman to. D- Defensive lineman. Maybe they they just want to keep him as clean as possible for, throughout the preseason, not show any tape this way. He gets onto the practice squad. It seems like Dan Quinn has been really impressed with him in his transition, uh, switching sides uh, along the defensive line. Uh, we saw him get into the scuffle uh, with everybody uh, in the center of it with Tyler Biotish and Sam Williams and Micah Parsons. So I think that he has a big attitude to him in in a good way. I think he shows a lot of strength and could be somebody that they develop, and I just want to see a little bit. I want to see a little bit of it, um, and then this way we can go into next week talking about Isaac Allercone instead of uh, Dante Fowler uh, or whatever. But I'm, I digress. Uh, so wrapping it up here, uh, for David Halman, Brandon Clements, Chris Holling, I am Brandon Laurie. We will talk to you guys next week on the Writer's Block, and always remember, go Cowboys.